So we're getting something to eat back in 2006, and I make an announcement of sorts. Yes, you made an announcement. I wanted to make up my own slang term. I wanted to get everybody to use it, too. Something that meant cool, at least in our own little part of the world. And you know, I feel like I've always been making up nicknames for people that stick, so why not? How many people have you made up nicknames for? You don't know them. Yeah, they live in Canada or something. Come on. Anyway, I wanted to make a word that spread, and I wanted to make something that made the speaker sound smart, or at least a little intriguing, even though the word was actually a little ridiculous. And that word was? Ruckus. Ruckus. Maybe if we just keep saying it over and over, it'll be a thing by the time the episode ends. Hashtag ruckus. Anyway, started trying to spread it amongst a group of friends, knew some people at a newspaper that said it. You even said it mockingly every now and then. Yeah, that was ruckus. <laughs> Other friends picked it up too. Even have a friend in Hong Kong who sends me a ruckus-infused Facebook message now and then. What is ruckus-infused? It's, uh, it's very nice. You put it with coriander, it makes a great dish. <laughs> Okay, but beyond the couple of people here and that one dude on the other side of the world who used this word sometimes, has anyone adopted this thing? Not that I know of. But you still want to try to make it a thing. I want to know how people come up with words, slang words in particular, and I want to know how they get them popular. So I called a guy named Tom Dalzell. He's been studying slang for decades, and he recently co-authored the Concise New Partridge Dictionary of Slang in Unconventional English. Well, that is unconventional. And not exactly concise, but it still means he knows a lot about this stuff. Okay, well, what did he have to say? I don't think a campaign um, really works. Um, you know, there are exceptions, to, the, but as a rule, um, I think you should uh, not figure that you're going to turn ruckus into cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was not encouraging. Yeah, you got to let the man finish. That's a good word, though. I was thinking, God, that's that's ruckus. Yeah, it's, it's got a good sound to it. I'm Eric Brandner. And I'm Davin Coburn. And today on The Underscore, how does slang spread? And who's doing the spreading? And most importantly, how am I going to get ruckus to the masses? Okay, so back this up a little bit. Why exactly did the world need a word like cool? Well, to start, a lot of the words we use today grew out of slang from centuries ago. For instance, tipping used to mean pay off your local thugs so you wouldn't get beaten. Right, now it's what I do at the Bennigans so I don't get beaten. <laughs> In fact, a lot of the slang that you hear today actually comes from crime. Lexicographer Jonathan Green has spent years studying this stuff. And he has this crazy online database showing when words first popped up over the last millennium. The first collections of slang are the slang of criminals. And crime is like a backbone of slang. I guess it has, I mean, slang, if you look at, if you look at the main breakdowns, it's crime, it's sex, it's drink, it's drugs, it's being nasty to other people. The men who are collecting this, the, uh, this early slang, they're showing you what this in-group talks about. And they're also, sh but at the same time, they're showing you that there is this in-group which is the criminals. Slang makes a lot of cameos in American courts, too. According to the New York Times, UrbanDictionary.com was actually used during a 2013 appeals case in Wisconsin. I'm going to get the bleep button ready. <laughs> the convicted robbers' accomplices actually refer to themselves as jackboys. <laughs> okay, uh, let's assume that's jacked something like they stole it. Exactly. An appeals court ruled a convicted man had to pay restitution for stealing a victim's van, citing Urban Dictionary's jackboy definition as proof in the footnotes. Aren't half the things on Urban Dictionary crimes themselves? <laughs> it's about right. But also, like Jonathan Green said, slang's tribal. It's about belonging. 
A simple Google search turns up slang terms for plenty of non-criminal enterprises. Everything from construction to restaurant kitchens. This all falls into what lexicographers call jargon, which is still slang, but it's a really specific slang used by a really specific group. Okay, so then I shouldn't feel like a fool if I don't know model railroad kitchen bartending oil rig slang. Not at all. It shows that slang outside of its community is basically useless. Here's Tom Dozell again. You know, when I'm saying BTW, um, I am saving time by not typing by the way. But I'm also saying that you and I are both part of a group that understands what that means. And that's as important as the time that I'm saving. Okay, I like being part of that group. I like feeling like I know something. I like feeling like I'm cool, but no one ever told me what that means. It's just something that I picked up somewhere along the line. When does a word hit that tipping point where the masses just know what it is. Well, to get there, the experts I spoke with all gave big hat tips that you would expect to modern communication for just speeding up the way slang spreads. Texting. Exactly. In the pre-internet days, it was all word of mouth or print journalism, which we'll get to in a little bit. Tom actually cited early MTV VJs at one point as a tipping point for speeding the language at the dawn of the cable television era. Kurt Loder and John Norris, huh? You can just hear that MTV news intro, can't you? <laughs> Love those guys. The internet didn't create new ways to make up slang, it just gave everybody a megaphone. Jonathan Green said that he used to have to scrounge for new slang anywhere he could find it. Now there's no way that he or any of his peers can keep up. And then there was Connie Ebley that you were telling me about with the index cards? Connie Ebley has a great story. She's an English professor at the University of North Carolina who inadvertently created one of the best registries of pop culture data for the last 40 years. Okay. Back in 1972, she decided that instead of having her undergrads dissect old words, she was going to just have them bring in their own. So she came up with a system. One class meeting per semester, whatever undergraduate students I have enrolled in my undergraduate course in grammar or in history of the language are given the assignment that they are to come to class with 10 items of what they consider to be good current campus slang. All right, so these are undergrad kids at a mm -hmm. class at UNC. Yep. And she's got 10 words a student and a whole bunch of classes a year, I'm guessing. 43 years of this? How many words does she have? It's about 20,000 entries by her best guess. Now, wow. these are college kids. Some don't do the assignment at all. Yeah, some sure. do half of it. And some are overachievers and turn in more than 10. The results live in a stack of shoeboxes Connie's actually compiled <laughs> over the years. In a stack of shoeboxes? It's a filing system. <laughs> it's a fire hazard. <laughs> she also took the data from about the first 20 years that she did it to write her book, Slang and Sociability. Okay, and what did she find? She's actually done this survey long enough to see words go away and come back. Do you remember the word cool beans from the 80s? I try not to. Well, it's apparently back. A kid turned it in this semester. Is the kid 45? <laughs> I did not ask. But Connie did say that the word that's been turned in the most is sweet. Sweet. And she also said that words like cool have just stopped showing up because her students don't see them as slang anymore. And how many times did Connie see the word ruckus? <laughs> I had to ask. That's a zero. <laughs> she told me she does not zero. remember ever getting a card for ruckus. She has never heard the word ruckus. Okay, so what we're saying is that going from a catchphrase to a cultural phenomenon, even among teenagers in a little college town, is a long shot. We are not Snoop Dogg. 
It is an uphill battle. Over the course of 43 years, about half the words that Connie Ebley's received were turned in exactly one time. Okay, so even a word like cool that these kids think is part of the English language, is that actually in a dictionary anywhere? I mean, it's one thing if everyone seems to know what it means, right? But it's something completely different to be a legitimized part of the English language. Exactly. And you know a slang word has really won when it makes it to this woman's computer screen. I'm Corey Stamper. I'm an associate editor at Merriam-Webster, which means that I write and edit English language dictionaries for a living. Corey says there's three criteria for getting a word into the dictionary. Widespread use, which is mostly in print as it's nearly impossible to track words on social media. And then you got sustained use and meaningful use. I love this. Okay, so meaningful as in what? Uh, meaningful is something that can be clearly defined, used repeatedly, and has a legitimate reason behind it. Okay. And while social media is where a lot of these words are born, mainstream dictionary writers still use big media as the gold standard for backing up their citations. Sure, they have style books and things. Exactly. It sort of makes sense if a word pops up in Twitter or Reddit, too, that newspapers and magazines are going to pick it up if it gets popular. Yeah, it was like Stephen Colbert and the truthiness thing. And just because a word is commonly used also doesn't mean it's going to make it into the dictionary. That's actually because it's so hard to get a word taken out of the dictionary that <laughs> lexicographers set a really high bar for inclusion. I can't wait to see where you're going with this. Well, she gave an example, and it's a slang one, too. It's the word ollie. Okay. Uh, it's a skateboarder snowboarding trick that right. you were uh, doing back when you were saying cool beans. Cool beans. Corey said that she was working on Webster's Collegiate Dictionary at one point and was surprised that Ollie wasn't in the book. And she got it in there? Not right away. She found that since it was a physical move, it was pretty hard to precisely define in words. She even drew pictures to help her figure it out. Okay. The editor who had the final say wanted more, so she actually tracked down the guy who coined the term in the 60s. They traded emails, and eventually the Merriam-Webster editor let it in the book. Does every word take that much research to get into the dictionary? No. Actually, Corey gave the example that AIDS was added in the dictionary right away. I guess that wasn't going anywhere, huh? But to be arduously defined as a word? Yeah. Actually, it does take a lot of work. Corey talked about adventures that she and her peers had in defining what seemed like simple words, like God. God's not simple. I mean, there's got to be a thousand definitions for that. Exactly. And the word go, you go to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Online right now, and you're going to find at least 40 different definitions. Here's Corey again. When I talk to people about how language flows, a lot of people picture a big, um, like a big underground pipe and water flowing through it. And that's not quite how, it, you know, we go from one source to the next. That's not quite how it works because there are no like hard and fast boundaries around where language decides to move. It's more like when language moves from one place to another, it's more like a dam overflowing. You have no idea where that water is going to go. It's just going to go. So how do we get ruckus over the dam? Well, eventually I broke down and asked. You don't sound like you're proud of this. Well, it's weird. It's like asking, hey, how can I be one of the cool kids, too? Yeah, that's exactly what you're asking. So give me your word, since you clearly want to coin a word. Our word is ruckus. We want to make it a synonym for cool. So you have two things you've got to accomplish here. One is you need to do what's called functional shift. So ruckus right now is a noun that refers to a noisy argument or fight or a disturbance. So you've got to make it go from being a noun to being an adjective. That was ruckus. You can do it. Lots of people have done functional shift before it happens. 
The other thing you need to do is you need to get a lot of people to start using it that way. And to do that, you are probably going to encounter a lot of people who will want to know why you're using ruckus that way because they're more familiar with the disturbance or the you know noisy fight sense of it. But if you explain it and just use it constantly, then it will eventually start moving into other people's speech. And then other people will hopefully pick it up and they will spread it. It's kind of a, it's like a virus, basically. So, so first functional shift, which you can do immediately, that was ruckus. And then use it a ton and get lots of other people to use it. Sounds really easy. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) She was laughing at us. You realize this. You made the dictionary lady laugh at us. I might have made the dictionary. (laughs) She called it a virus. Corey was an extremely gracious guest and very nice to put up with our question and do her homework on the word ruckus. Tom was a great guest too, and he left me with a parting word of encouragement. Well, you know, if two two years from now, if I hear everybody saying, man, that is really ruckus, I'll know where it started. Best part about slang and the underscore in general is that there's always more. Check out the underscore.net for great stories that didn't make the podcast. And five times in the last six years, American court cases hinged on the interpretation of slang. And don't forget to find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at underscore pod. A special thanks to Tom Dalzell, Connie Ebley, Jonathan Green, and Corey Stamper for humoring all my questions. And laughing at us just a little bit. (laughs) We probably deserved it. You can find all their books on Amazon.com, except for Corey, who's working on her first book now. Until next time, I'm Davin Coburn. And I'm Eric Brandner, and this is The Underscore. Underscore.